Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We value the Bible and believe it is important to teach it clearly, remaining true to its central focus of announcing and applying the powerful and transforming news of Jesus. In short, we exist to help all people know and grow in Christ. Our hope is this teaching will do just that. We are in Luke chapter 22, verse 14. Luke 22, verse 14. And today we look at the last, uh, last supper passage in the gospel of Luke. We've been studying our way through. And uh, afterwards, after we share this passage, we'll share communion together as a fitting response to God's word and the gospel and the teaching of Jesus. Luke 22, verse 14. And when the hour came, he, that is Jesus, reclined at table and the apostles with him. So it would have been the custom at a feast of this nature to recline. Jesus is reclining there at the table with his 12 apostles. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And we talk about Passion Week. We talk about the final week of Jesus' life, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his betrayal, his arrest, all the events that lead up to the crucifixion of Jesus. We call this Passion Week. The reason we call it Passion Week is because it comes from a, a Latin word which means suffering. Suffering. So that's actually the reference. When we talk about Passion Week, we're talking about the suffering of Jesus. The passion of Jesus is his suffering to bring redemption. And Jesus calls attention to that. And he says, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And so what we are alerted to is that this is the celebration of the Passover. The Passover was an annual feast, a huge feast for the children of Israel in which the people of God celebrated God's deliverance from slavery. So out of slavery in Egypt, God delivered his people. And the Passover was, was very, a very special time of worship. God brought 10 plagues in judgment for the enslavement that his people experienced. And the last of those plagues was very dramatic. God brought judgment for sin. And the firstborn, the firstborn heir, the firstborn son of each family was representative of the entire family. And death came to the firstborn. Judgment for our sin and rebellion against God. And this very powerful judgment of God and the tenth plague, the people of God were delivered from when they took the blood of a lamb, a Passover lamb, and put it on the doorpost of their homes. Death passed over. It's so significant, friends, when we look at the actual institution of the Lord's Supper. 
We'll read here that this is a meal that we're to share together as followers of Jesus. A a remembrance meal, a meal of the covenant. Something that we, we do perpetually. That Jesus is saying that he is the Passover lamb. He is the fulfillment of what God did hundreds of years before. And this is, this is very powerful that God is saying to, to his people and to the nations that, that he loves you. That when Jesus dies on the cross, this is not just a reaction of God to the brokenness of mankind and the judgment. That this was God's intention. So hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus gives his life for our sin. God is saying, I love you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to give that which is most precious to me. I'm going to give my son. As a perfect offering for your sins. So that death will pass over. And every year. For hundreds of years. As the children of Israel celebrate the Passover. There is a declaration of God the Father's love. Saying to you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming to redeem you. I'm coming to give my son for your sin. He's going to suffer and pay the penalty of your sin. Verse 16. For I tell you I will not eat. Until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks he said. Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. Until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it. And he gave it to them saying. This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after supper, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them could be who was going to do this? Three words as we look at this passage, this passage that institutes for us the Lord's Supper, the practice of communion, two sacraments, two ordinances, baptism and communion, baptism Is the declaration of our faith. That we are united with Jesus. When we trust in Christ. We we receive salvation as a gift. And the sacrament or the ordinance. That begins our journey of faith is baptism. And then after faith in Christ. After baptism. We partake on a regular basis. The Lord's Supper is a very special act of worship. And so it's. It's helpful to go back to that moment when this meal was instituted as it was laid in by our Lord and Savior Savior, to be a perpetual ongoing part of our worship to the Lord. I'll give you three words this morning. Number one is atonement. Jesus, through his life and death, earned my salvation. 
We're speaking here of the removal of our sin. The removal of our sin through the payment of the judgment we deserve of the debt for our own sin. It is placed in full upon Jesus. Because of his suffering, I am forgiven. I'm atoned for. And Jesus shares this meal with his apostles, this Passover meal. He is essentially saying, I am the fulfillment of what this great feast speaks of. And in me and faith in me and because of my suffering for you, death will pass over. All the benefits of the death of Christ are yours by faith. It's offered to you as a gift. It's offered to you today to receive the grace of God. And every time we worship the Lord in this way, every time we come to this special moment and take the Lord's Supper together, we are, we are reminded that our salvation is purchased by Christ and freely given to us. Jesus says in this passage, my body is broken for you. Atonement is found in the death of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for you. And Jesus makes an interesting statement here as he teaches us about this. He says, uh, I, I won't drink of the cup again. This, this Passover cup, this, this cup of celebration until the kingdom of God is fulfilled. And I think Jesus is doing two things. Clearly, first of all, he's linking his death to the fulfillment of the kingdom. He's saying until, until this cup is fulfilled. He's linking his death to the fulfillment of what the Passover speaks of. Of the salvation that he's bringing the coming of the kingdom of God. But then also I think he's looking forward to that final marriage feast. In which all of God's kingdom will be brought to perfect fulfillment the return of Christ. And Jesus, looking forward to that moment, institutes this precious time of worship where, where we remember that our atonement is provided for in the death of Christ, and we look forward to its completion when He returns. Number two, covenant. Jesus tells us that uh, this cup is the new covenant of his blood. In the old covenant, God desired to dwell with his people. Uh, there were symbols of his presence with his people. When the children of Israel sinned, Moses cried out to God, Oh God, don't take your presence from us. We we, we want you to be here with us. And this was the very will of God. And Moses is praying according to God's will. And God had, had Moses lead the children of Israel in fashioning a, a tabernacle. And as the people lived in tents and moved about, there was a movable tent representing the presence of God where God dwelt in the midst of his people. 
And then when the children of Israel went in to take the promised land, a physical temple was built, a, a place where, where, where the presence of God would be manifest, the dwelling place of God. And when that temple was destroyed, it was rebuilt because it was central to the heart of the children of Israel's worship. And then when Jesus arrives, Son of God, God in the flesh, He says, this temple, this physical temple that you're looking at is going to be destroyed. Not one stone will be left on another. You've turned it into a place of commerce. It's to be a place of communion with God. And instead, it's just a place of business. And he makes fascinating claim. He says, my body is the temple. And you'll destroy it, but in three days, God will raise it up. And Jesus is declaring, I, I am the fulfillment of what this temple represents. I am the place where you meet with God. And by faith in Jesus, you are brought into a covenant relationship with God, knowing God personally. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. Because Jesus tells us that when we come to Him and in faith receive Him and receive the benefits of his death receive the cleansing of our sin and our relationship with him is restored and we're brought into into this covenant relationship that we become the temple of God the dwelling place of God and so we trace God's desire to to dwell in the midst of his people from a movable tent to a beautiful stationary building to now God dwells in his his people the incredible love of God the Father saying, I love you. And this, this cup represents the shedding the blood of my son for you so that you will be brought into a relationship with me that can never be broken. Our sin is atoned for and we're in covenant relationship with the Lord. Do you see just the deep, intimate nature of what God is speaking to us about? Jesus is the lamb. We partake of the meal. We're in covenant relationship through the shed blood of Christ represented in the cup. And his spirit dwells within us. We know Christ through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, unity. Just bring you this third word. Jesus begins the, the event by saying, I, I earnestly desired to share this meal. Now this is, this is on the eve of his death. This is, he's about to be betrayed. There's intense, intense emotion. He will, he will go to the garden and pour out his heart in prayer and the the anticipation of his hour, the death and the suffering is the fulfillment of centuries of God moving all of mankind and all of history towards the redemption that is God's affection and love for you. It's amazing the, the, the love 
of God the Father being displayed here and Jesus saying to his followers, I am here to serve you. I'm here to love you. And for centuries now that will follow, all who will believe in me will experience unity with the Father, unity with the Son, unity with the Holy Spirit, and an amazing reconciliation of human relationship. We are ambassadors, friends, of that unity. We take the love of God to one another, to this city, to this community, to the world because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. And, 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 and we should not be mistaken, friends. Should not be mistaken at all. When this supper is served and Jesus calls attention to the one who's there in their midst who will betray him. This is not a moment of self-pity on the part of, of our Savior. He said, this has been determined. This is why I came. This is the will of the Father. This is the sovereign God of the universe acting to save and to redeem his creation. But the one who, do, who does this will suffer the judgment. Because this is a violation of the unity that I've come to bring. And friends, it's so fitting for us when we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're, we're celebrating the personal, intimate communion that we have with God. We're, 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 re, we're renewing our, our empowerment, our understanding that I'm saved by the grace of God. It is the gift of God. And I'm, I'm worshiping the Lord that I've been brought into covenant relationship. And as I re receive, as I confess sin and receive forgiveness fresh and anew and ask the Lord to fill me, that I'm in covenant, a covenant that cannot be broken. I'm also renewing my relationship, not just with the Lord, but with you, with one another. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we want to include everyone. Um, when as a pastor, I'm asked to do the Lord's Supper at a wedding, sometimes a bride and groom will want to do a communion. Their, their, their first communion as husband and wife will say, yes, we will, we'd be happy to do that. But we will also celebrate it with the entire church that's gathered at your wedding because it's, it's, it's a very important part of what this meal means. So when we come to this meal. It's following baptism. It's following our faith in Christ. We've been saved by grace. The baptism didn't save us. This meal doesn't save us. It's the faith underneath it. Our faith is pointed. To the Passover lamb. Who suffered for us. And we're saved. Because of what Jesus has accomplished. And we're, we're, we're believing that by faith. We're renewed in this moment. As we commune and meet with God. We're also praying. Lord. Examine my life. Do I have unforgiveness? Are these relationships broken? What would you have me to do as the next step to move into a place and a moment of preparation? Because this is the work of the grace that I receive, of the gospel, your grace that I receive and that moves through me as you're bringing your kingdom. So I'm going to ask the worship team to, to join, join us on the platform. And Eddie's going to come and lead us in taking 
the Lord's Supper together. If you did not receive the bread and the wine, they're at a table here in the back. Let me just uh, let me just say, if you're not a follower of Christ, thank you for being with us, whether you're online or here in person. Use this as a time to pray and seek the Lord as we worship together. Thanks for joining us. If you ever find yourself in the North Lauderdale area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at 954church.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching 954church.